You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. After its use of the word Adam in chapter 5, the text of Genesis returns to the words Ha-Adam in chapter 6, referring to humanity in its entirety. This shift, Father Paul explains, also points to God's provision of a third chance for human beings. By now, everyone who tunes into this podcast knows that in Scripture, the third time is not a charm. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Well, this is going to be a real tour de force because this text is perhaps, perhaps, I think it is the most studded text in the entire scripture, both Old and New Testament. I'm going to read it quickly in English, but then the hearers have to have the English text in front of them because I'm going to speak systematically on the basis of the original. I mean, translation is practically impossible, but we'll get to that. So we are still within the Toledot of Adam. The Toledot of Noah will start in 6.9. These are the Toledot of Noah, okay, in verse 9. When men began to multiply on the face of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took to wives such of them as they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh but his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men that were of all the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the ground, man and beast and creeping things and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 1, already the Septuagint had no choice but to translate the original Ha-Adam, which is the man, into men, for a very simple reason that at the end of the verse, we hear, and daughters were born to them in the plural. But still, the original text is very important because we are dealing now with Ha-Adam. After having heard only Adam in chapter 5, now we move back to Ha'adam, meaning that we are dealing with the entire humanity. And I'm tired to repeat that 
this is intended. Obviously, everything is intended in Scripture. It's the authors that control everything. And we have to submit to the text because we don't have the authors with us. Now, this Hadam is very important because it begins the third time that the human beings were given a chance to obey God and they do not do that. And you've heard me repeatedly pointing out the importance of the third time. The third time then the judgment is going to come and you could see that this is a setup for the decision of God to, as I shall say later, erase, completely erase every kind of life on the face of the Adama. Notice the waters are no problem. The animals of the water did not need to be taken into the Ark of Noah. So we have to follow the story as is. The story is very realistic in its presentation. So we hear at the beginning that Ha'adam Hehel, and I spoke about this verb, whenever it is used in the active where the subject is a human being, is bad news all the time. Later we shall hear it when Noah will begin to be a husbandman. Okay, very bad. Earlier, we heard that the human beings were allowed by God to call upon his name. Okay, let's keep all this in mind. So already when we have Hehel Ha'adam, that's bad news. But notice how there is a play because the following verb is Rob, Rub, which is the verb that was used in chapter 1, in God's asking Ha'adam to multiply. So it's supposed to be positive. Later, you remember when the nations will be scattered again when they wanted to unite. I mean, this is normal. But already, if you know the original Hebrew, you will remember that Rub can mean also grow become great, powerful, and that cannot be rendered in any translation. It's the play on these words. And bear with me, I'm going to show you how it's going to appear later again. So the text is very tricky. In other words, the human beings started to do things that God wanted them to do, but they wanted to do it their own way. Later in chapter 10, again, we shall see, God wanted them to spread all over the earth, but they united. The second time, he scattered them. He forced them through punishment to continue his plan. It is an amazing story, the Bible. Whatever you do, God will remain in control in the scriptural story. So the human beings started to multiply upon the face of the Adama. Very important because we're going to hear it in verse 7 
when we hear that God decides to erase Ha'adam plus all the living things from the face of the earth. So very important. Please, my hearers, I would appreciate if you would hear this podcast while staying at home, not in the car. It's not going to work. Okay. Everything is set up in verse one. And the last strike, and here we men, especially the macho men, and all men are machos, basically, okay? And daughters were born to them. Very interesting. Where are the sons? They are not even mentioned, and we shall see why. And the way the daughters were born is positive. Notice, it is the pu'al, the passive of being born that was used about Enosh that came from Seth. It is amazing. At the end of four, we have Seth and then Enosh. We don't have any mention of daughters. And here we have specifically mention only of daughters. Why? We're going to hear why. Because the men will be subsumed in the expression that we have in verse 2, Bene Ha Elohim. Okay? Bene Ha Elohim. Whereas the women in verse 2 are Benot Ha Adam. So we can immediately notice that. The author is putting a wedge between women. Benot Ha'adam. That's what Ha'adam is all about. Okay? Which is the procreation. Remember, male and female. However, intentionally, men are viewed already from the perspective of kingship. We had this already with Lamech. It's not novel. Cain building a city. But this text is really very powerful in the original. That the sons of God, and these are the kings. And you could hear it because they found that the daughters of men were good. And they took, remember again, I mentioned and I detailed that in my book. In the beginning of Genesis, whenever God takes something, it is positive. But the human being takes, that's not good. And they took to them Nashim, which is the plural of Isha. From all that they chose Baharu. The word Bahar is very important. Later, the Bahur would be the king, the chosen one. By God, obviously, it's usually God that chooses. So I'm asking my hearers to realize that the terminology that is used in conjunction with men, the males, 
is negative all the way. They take over the actions of God. They see that they are Tobot, which is Tob, remember in Genesis 1, and God saw it was good. Here it is the sons of the deity that see that the daughters of the man are good. And they take, okay, remember earlier when Eve took from the tree, that's not good, whatever the human beings do that. And of their choice, immediately the pictures of the king come to mind, beginning with David, who really chose a woman that was not his. He had her husband killed and he took her. Forget about the movies and Bathsheba fell in love with her. We don't know if she fell in love with him or not. We hear that the male human beings are positioning themselves in the position of being in control. And that will be eliminated later when God will let Sarah give birth to her son on the basis of his promise without the intervention of Abraham. It is powerful. I know I'm jumping, and last time you allowed me to do that because it's very important. You know, the text is setting up Genesis 1 through 11. To hear it and understand it, you have to have the rest of the Bible in mind. In other words, you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the Lord immediately was very upset. So, why should we be upset if the original text is not telling you what I just said that it was saying? My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. And here we have the tension between the spirit and the flesh. Only God is spirit and the human being is flesh. And this is uh, right there in the story of Ezekiel. He is the son of man. He is flesh. Okay, we hear in Isaiah that even Pharaoh and his chariots are flesh, which means that ultimately life comes to the human being, not naturally. We're not talking about Darwin and so on. We're hearing scripture. It is because man lives so long as God allows him to eat from the tree of life, which he forbade him, hoping that man will get the lesson, but the man did not, and Cain did not, and now the man, meaning the entire human beings. So scripture is interesting. It does not allow you to point the finger, well, uh, those stupid forebears of mine, Adam and Cain, if I were there, I would not have done that. You remember how I used to tell you in the classroom how the students would think. They tell me they don't. I know that they do. Had I been there at the crucifixion, I would not have done what Judas and Peter have done. I mean, that's the classic thing. Were I there? But the text doesn't allow you to do that because 
in 6-1, Ha'adam is the entire humanity. And the punishment will be, his days shall be 120 years. Now, people play the game here that, you know, it's less and so on. It's not true because later the children of Shem live longer than 120. So this 120 should be taken as a first step to the entire annihilation. Okay? In other words, God is really thinking. He's preparing a plan. And ultimately, within three verses, forget about the 120 years. Every living being on the face of the Adama. Remember, Adam, Adama will be taken away. And because the text already prepared you for that by referring to flesh. Flesh, remember, it means basar. It's the animal meat. That's what it means, essentially. Meaning the human being, the mammals, the animals that creep, and the birds of the air. Remember, the birds will have to alight at one point. They are part of the Adama, as I explained in chapter one, and we shall see also in the story of the flood. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.